Holy shit, this episode was a bitch to edit. We're going to explain why in a second, but it's really good and you're really going to like it. Um, but I'm, I'm not even mad because I'm so excited for our live show in 11 days um, at Stand Up New York. You guys have to come, okay? We have 20 tickets left. I don't want you to miss out because you're like, I want to buy it at the door. It, we're probably going to sell out, so... Get your tickets now at standupny.com. Use our promo code HOWCOME for 25% off. Um, the tickets are 20 bucks, and with our discount, that's less. Um, again, we're doing stand-up and a live podcast. That's like two shows for the price of one. Um, Lola Jean's going to teach us about squirting and sexting, um, two things not many people are masters at, and she is. Um, and then we're having stand-up from our former guests, Leclerc Andre from The Tonight Show, Khalid Rahman from Conan, Ashley Heseltine from The Girls Gotta Eat podcast, Courtney McGinnis, a future guest, um, but her boyfriend, Casey James Salango, his podcast is the one that made me come. So like, and Courtney's the best. So you're going to love her. Um, ben DeMarco, uh, you know him from MTV and this podcast. And yeah, Charlotte and I are going to be interviewing Lola and we're going to be doing so much fun shit. And uh, we're going to get to meet you all after because I'm on the 10 o'clock show at Stand Up New York after. So I'm just going to be hanging around and chilling with you guys. And I'm really excited. So go to standupny.com. Um, use our promo code how come. Um, and also, okay, this is kind of shameful, but if you're not following us on Instagram, could you please? Um, we're trying to get to 10,000 followers on my account, Remy Casimir, and on How Come Podcast um, so that we can get that cool swipe up thing um, because there's a lot of articles that we want to have you guys read and we don't want to post them all on the story because that's annoying. We want to do one of those cool swipe ups. So follow us, get your friends to follow us. It would mean so much. Um, as always, please rate and review us on iTunes. Um, five stars. Just say something really nice. It brightens our days and um, it helps us get really famous guests when we move up the charts. Um, haven't you liked our famous guests? I have. It's been great. Um, this episode is no exception. You're going to love our guests. Um, I'm just going to give it to me. Take it away, me. How come? How come? How come I can't achieve? How come I can't achieve? I'm rolling up my sleeves. I'm rolling up my sleeves. Oh, baby, I believe these guests can help. Because I can't do it by myself. I want to just... Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to How Come. Oh, shoot. It's so echoey in here. Um, but it's fine. We are, um, we're in Nanny's room, actually. We're yeah, not she in the living fast room. One on us today. She, apparently she's having company over. Like, <laughs> in what world? I don't know. I don't know. Um, so if this episode has an echo, I'm so sorry. Um, but it's going to be an amazing episode. We are sitting here with, um, Chris and Charlotte from the Pleasure Mechanics. Hello, guys. Welcome to How Come. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having us. We're so glad to be here. We are honored to be in Granny's bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> As you said, the full authentic experience. Just just because you can't see us, we're all laying in bed. Um, we're using, yeah, as, as girls do, you know, we're having the best time. I'm so happy that you were able to come to the city. I know you're having your big family trip and reuniting with your daughter's donor. And uh, it's so cool that you could come take time and, and spend it with us at Nanny's. Yes, thanks, thanks for, for having us. Um, so we know who you guys are. Can you explain your work and what you are doing to our listeners? Mm -hmm. So we are. Chris and Charlotte Rose. We are partners in love and life for the past 12 years. 
And we work together under the name pleasuremechanics.com, where we offer down-to-earth, practical sex advice Mm -hmm. um, on everything from erotic touch technique and really how the mechanics of pleasure um, to love advice and how to have a more soulful, satisfying erotic life on your own terms. And we really navigate that line of kind of the universal experience of human sexuality and what connects us all through this force of eroticism in our lives and also the need to really make it personal and on your own terms and fitting your life um, as it is right now. And so we have a weekly podcast, Speaking of Sex, and a full suite of online courses at our website that guide people at their own pace through an erotic Mm -hmm. education Um, for their hands and hearts and minds. That's awesome. So yeah, if you guys aren't getting all of your learning from me and Charlotte and you're like, Remy, stop joking about shit (laughs) and you just want to learn, go to their podcast. It is spectacular. I learned about your podcast from Cam and Karen Lee Potter um, from Sex Talk with My Mom. And I was like, we need these two to talk to our listeners about anal sex because we have so many questions about anal and you guys just put it in in, a ter- in terms that I'd never really understood before, I always thought anal was a thing that guys want to do to women because it's a tighter hole. It's going to feel better for them. And I'm like, what am I going to get out of this? Um, and I think you guys just really went full force into this can be pleasurable for anyone, male, female. like Definitely. Um, And you started both of you in massage and met in class. I love that. <laughs> Yes, I was doing graduate level sexology training and Chris was my teacher. Ah. But I do have to say that she had amazing boundaries and we didn't talk for many, many months. We didn't talk in the class and mm-hmm. many, many months later I asked her out. So okay. she had exquisite boundaries. Good. I'd just like to make that clear. Yes. Um, and I, before that I was an erotic masseuse. So that meant I did one-way touch um, erotic massage for men mm-hmm. um, in my 20s for four or five years. Um, so I initiated... A thousand plus men into a prostate massage wow. while giving them erotic massage. So I, I got to see a lot of people, a lot of men have their first experiences with anal touch mm-hmm. as well and seeing how much pleasure they could experience mm-hmm. was really beautiful. Yeah. And were the, most of the men coming to you straight or gay or curious? or I think they were mostly all straight. Okay, interesting. And I think our culture has so many crazy ideas about anal play. Mm-hmm. But I think it's in a private space where they don't have to worry about what a woman thinks about them. Because I think our Definitely. culture has so many damaging ideas about men and anal play. Yeah. So they got to just experience touch. Yeah. Um, and it just creates so many beautiful sensations in the body that once you experience it in a good way mm-hmm. it's it just opens up so much and that's possible for men and women in all bodies if it's done with reverence and t- and kindness and sensitivity mm-hmm. i think the porn image that we have is really damaging yeah um, it can be a really sweet gentle devotional practice that has kindness mm-hmm. um well, and the sweet, gentle, devotional practices open the path for having rough anal fucking if that's what you want. Right? Sure, yeah. Um, but the lineage we come from is erotic massage. And so it's approaching the ass with the same respect and reverence we would touch any part of the body. Mm-hmm. And perhaps even more because it's one of the most sensitive parts of the body. It's a 
one of these places where you're going inside someone. So why not approach that with like a worshipful Isn't anal skin tougher though? Because like when I get my butt waxed, that feels good. Mm, Well, that's great information for you. (laughs) (laughs) External anal sphincter is full of sensory nerve endings Mm -hmm. that transmit pleasure and that sense of sensation. So Mm -hmm. external anal touch can feel really alive and exquisite when you get inside their pressure receptors. Yeah. Um, So there's a lot we can learn about the anal anatomy that teaches us how to touch Um, without any pain. So the way we teach anal sex is no matter what your destination, if it's a tiny little pinky finger or if it's full penetration, there never has to be a moment of pain or even discomfort. Mm -hmm. And that's a totally, as you said, a radical shift of attitude. Yeah, I always thought, okay, you're going to have to like grit your teeth and like, you know, um, even Raina from Girls Gotta Eat, she was on recently and she was like, yeah, I would have, you know, butt sex with one boyfriend once, like, because you got to do it for them. It can be really nice if it is, or it should be really nice if it is for you too. Well, here's the crash course, what you need to know about the ass to pleasure it well, Mm -hmm. right? So on the outside, the anal sphincter, whether we're talking whatever body, this is the great unifier. We all have an an asshole. Um, The external anal sphincter is rich with nerve endings and those nerve endings are directly linked with your sexual response system. So layering in external anal touch with things you already find pleasurable and orgasmic is a great way to link those neural pathways and start eroticizing anal touch. Because for most of us, we haven't even... Um, eroticized it. It hasn't felt good. We don't masturbate with anal touch. Um, And so we have a very different relationship with our butt. It's like what we wipe after the bathroom. Like that's not a sexy um, cognitive relationship. So we start by layering an external anal touch without any agenda of penetration. So for the first many times you explore this, if you have the agreement, we're not going inside and you take that anxiety off the table and you have that agreement in place and it's non-negotiable, you can really just relax into seeing what pleasure is available for you there. Mm-hmm. And this is solo or partnered. Um, and then as we go inside, the external anal sphincter, so you have two sphincters about an inch apart. And sphincters are circular muscles. Mm-hmm. We have them in our eyes. We have them in our throat. We have them in our ass. What? And the external anal... We have sphincters in our throat? Right. These like opening and closing oh, muscles. sick. And in the, <laughs> you know, the iris of our eyes, a sphincter. Oh, my God. Um, but the external anal sphincter was under our conscious control, right? We can flex it. I'm doing it now. Mm-hmm. The internal anal sphincter is not under our conscious control. And this anal sphincter has to relax and want something to penetrate it to open up. Okay. And so if we don't push past resistance there then the whole body can relax and receive penetration. And then beyond that is about four to six inches of empty space, the rectum. And the rectum does not store poop, right? Ah. So I think a lot of us have this image of like you get past the asshole and there's this like wall of shit waiting (laughs) for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that you have to like poop just so to get that out and be all prepared. And it causes a lot of anxiety. Yeah. Because most of us do not eroticize that. Um, But the rectum is like, oh, I can't wait home to douche my ass and then have sex (laughs) and you can get there if this is a really hot thing for you preparation can become part of the Mm. hotness and the getting your body ready for an experience that you love um but for most people just exploring with a finger or a small toy you're exploring an area of sensitive open space that is ready to receive and that on the other side of that wall are your genitals mm-hmm. right just on the other side of the rectal wall is your g-spot and all of your clitoral your internal clitoral tissue or the internal base of the penis mm. so 
this area is all one sexual system and it's only because of misinformation that we have this weird divide of like the genitals and and the body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we like to integrate touch and really approach it as one unified sexual system that we then get to play with, again, on your own terms, how you want it stimulated. And that could be like four fingers in your pussy and a tiny pinky just resting on your ass. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people, that just opens up more arousal and more sensation and changes your sexual experience. It gives you more flesh to touch when you don't have this no-go zone. Yeah. And I think people are so like um, overwhelmed by anal that they're like, oh my God, it is going to be this like kinky thing or whatever a pinky resting on an ass sounds like a lovely very comfortable thing right that creates so much sensation because you're literally you're as you said we like think of it as the front and the back as separate but when you just include it and presence presence your ass while you're having clitoral or vaginal stimulation like all of a sudden your pelvis just feels so much wider yeah and and there's just more sensation in your whole region and that brings more blood to the area makes more sensation which then can ultimately feel more orgasmic if you get there Mm -hmm. Um, and if not it still just can be more pleasure definitely but I really want to go back to what you were saying that some people feel like you need to endure in order to in order to please him and I really want to encourage everybody not to do that I understand that our culture tells us that's how it has to go Mm -hmm. but I really want to encourage people to not do that with their bodies and to if they want to explore to explore for their own pleasure and on their own terms and if that is this like tiny amount of a finger just pulsing around the ass or just slipping inside an inch yeah until it feels really really good and that for some people that might never happen and for some people that might take six months of like Mm -hmm. gently including this into your erotic play in general and that all of that is fine and great if you're moving at your own pace and letting your own pleasure guide it totally and that's why I feel like it is a valuable experience just to do with somebody that you have a lot of communication with Mm. Um, that like first time sex unless you're really experienced with it is a really challenging sex act to try and include right off the bat totally based on just the amount of communication and comfort that you need to have in order to speak your needs and desires and to have pre-negotiated let's not do anything until I say I want more those kinds of things so I mean I feel like you always have to have those conversations to make sure everyone's comfortable but I think people are always afraid with anal stuff too like we were saying like that there's just gonna be like a wall of shit um is there ever a situation where there's like gonna be shit or or how can you prevent that or you yeah, know a lot of our listeners want to try it but they're very yeah cautious. yeah and they're like i don't want to poop everywhere yeah and that is a fair i mean using gloves and using your hand for a while is a great place to start because then there's just less concern and you can take it off mm. um there can sometimes be traces depending on how your digestion is and when you last pooped yeah there, so there can be a range it's not normally like poop is going to come all out like that that fear yeah. is not really it's more like there could be a little bit on a condom if you're doing anal mm-hmm. um penetrative with a condom but i think it's really great to start with a glove on a hand just to feel comfortable as you get comfortable with the experience yeah. We, I was in the pleasure chest recently and i saw anal gloves hmm. and it did not occur to me what that meant or what they were for i was like and you hold a butt with gloves. <laughs> like, and then that, so it really is for hygiene too, almost because I mean, and I think about this a lot. If people are going down there, if you're like eating someone out and do it both back and front, that's not 
a good practice? Like, how can you get this all like the safety aside so you can have a good time? Yeah, that's a great question. It's really important to keep it separate. Like we do like to use gloves. So one hand is for the pussy mm-hmm. and then the other hand or the, or the cock and the other hand is for the ass and has a glove on it. And you don't put that hand anywhere near the pussy. Mm. Like it needs to be separate. You can cause issues. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you do need to keep them separate. Yeah. And I think part of this is also when we have the information and we have less of a hysterical relationship with this part of our body, then um, we can just deal with it with a little bit more maturity. Um, and the most, one of the most popular pages on our website is how to prepare for anal sex. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I had just written this guide and it turns out this question is really popular yeah. and it is a sex act that you want to prepare for. And gay men have this down, they eat their fiber. And part of that is body awareness, right? Being aware enough of your body to know your digestion and know like, oh yeah, I've taken a great poop today. Like I feel pretty open and clear. And then having the communication with your partner where you can say like, this is what's on the menu tonight. This is what's not. And the confidence to know when you want to share different parts of your body. Um, But in terms of the hygiene, yes, having a glove that you can strip off and then go right into the other hole is great. Like you go through 20 gloves in a session if you're having a great time. Um, And condoms can go on toys, right? So if you're using a dildo and you want to just like rest that around the sphincter, throw a condom on it, then throw the condom off. Um, and then just that's building, that's part of your pleasure practice, right? Mm -hmm. Having that relationship with your different toys and hands and knowing how to navigate it. But so much of this is a mental adjustment. Totally. And I think it's a lot of homophobia and a lot of ass phobia that have kept us from this part of our body. Yeah. And reclaiming it, even if you just get to neutral, like you don't, I do not love my ass played with. Charlotte does. Yeah. Um, But getting to neutral um, from my background, which was a lot of abuse and a lot of pain and fear of this part, just getting to the part where like it's not a big deal if even someone sees it or like happens to touch, like making it a neutral part of your sexuality, that in and of itself can be so freeing. Yeah. Yeah. And then starting layering and like, oh, butt massage just on the butt cheeks. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I didn't know that. And Mm. like, I just remember, like, I'm a big Real Housewives fan and Mm. I remember so. Sonia Morgan had this tryst with a pirate in Saint-Tropez and he fucked her in the ass. And one of the women on the confessional the next day was like, I don't want to say butt sex. It just sounds so rude. (laughs) And I remember we were all like, oh my God, that's disgusting. And like, she didn't want to talk about it after. And this is season five. It is currently season 11. And guess what Sonia's tagline is? Um, People call me over the top, but lately I prefer being a bottom. (laughs) (laughs) And she hasn't really explained that tagline, except I think it means she's taking ownership of loving butt sex, finally. Um, And she loves hanging out with a lot of gay men, but the girl's owning up. She loves her butt sex. Um, She's getting comfortable. Um, Speaking of getting comfortable, just because I'm talking about housewives, I'm thinking about the things that I love the most. Um, besides reality TV, this podcast, my sister, my boyfriend, and my cat, I love my Helix mattress the <laughs> most. Literally miss it when I'm away from it. Have had a dream about it when I was sleeping in Ben's bed. Um, we're going to need to get him one too. Helix, call me. Um, but seriously, my Helix mattress has changed my sleep and my life and I love it. And I highly recommend that you guys get one too. Not just because they're our partner this season. Um, I hope they're our partner every season. Um, but this mattress is the best. Um, I know I've said this spiel a million times, but 
Listen to this. They have a two-minute sleep quiz that matches you to your perfect mattress based on your body type and sleep preferences. Like, you know how BuzzFeed quizzes are fun, and then they just tell you an answer, and you're like, cool, now what do I do with this? I know I'm a Miranda. This is actually a quiz that leads to something so positive. Wonderful sleeps, um, non-sweaty sleeps, um, good sex. Like I've told you about how great the springs are for sex and how the, the sides don't cave in. It's awesome. I fucking can I curse during ads? I love my Helix. Um, please don't get mad at me, Helix. They have a 10-year warranty, and you can try your mattress for 100 nights risk-free, and they'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but I know you will. Um, the way that it's delivered is the coolest thing ever. I know I always talk about this, but I have watched our unboxing video a million times because um, Charlotte and I unbox the Helix. It comes in like a box like the size of a person, um, so it's like not big at all, and then you open it up and you roll it out, and it just inflates and it's beautiful and crazy. I don't even understand how they make it happen. Um, but you want this mattress, you guys, you need this mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash how come take their two minute sleep quiz and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. Right now, Helix is offering up to $125 off all mattress orders. Get up to $125 off at helixsleep.com slash how come that is helixsleep.com slash how come for up to $125 off your mattress order. Do it. I love you. You'll love it. Let's get back to butt sex. I hope this isn't too controversial of a topic because we're not supposed to sandwich ads with controversial topics. This shouldn't be a controversial topic. Butt sex is great. And I feel so bad for even judging Sonia Morgan and being like, oh, how could that you could let that random pirate stuff you in the ass? Like, what if she (laughs) wanted? She probably did. She's a very sexual person. She knows what she likes. She probably was asking to be fucked in the ass. So... (laughs) By a pirate. Doesn't By sound a pirate. Too bad. Yeah, he looked like Johnny Depp. <laughs> oh, I remember in high school there was this rumor going around that this girl like loved butt sex, and the way people responded to it, I look back on it, I'm like, that is so fucked up. But also, I think our minds have changed so much in terms of like, why is that a rumor at all? People like you're saying it should be neutral. I mean, I used it to think about sex. it. With, it should be sex. No, but I used to think about squirting too. And I'd be like, oh my God, she's a squirter. That's so disgusting. Mm-hmm. But this is that we're trained in judging other people and we're trained in um, assigning sexual morality to different acts mm-hmm. rather than how we're treating mm-hmm. one another mm-hmm. and how much respect we're giving the bodies we're fucking. Yeah. Um, which for me is much more, you know, what I assign morality and ethics to. Um, and there, I think this is part of why just getting to neutral or integrating some anal play on your own terms. And this starts with masturbation, perhaps, or with a partner you really trust. Um it integrates something other than more pleasure, mm-hmm. right? It helps us like heal a kind of a cultural wound. Um, and you can just feel like a more integrated sexual being. Mm-hmm. And part of this is just like having love and respect for all of your body and not having this part of your body you're like, ew, gross about. Yeah. Like carrying that around the world is effort. Yeah. Um, and then getting naked with like, how can you get naked and get doggy style and like have your ass up in the air and be like sweaty and primal with someone yeah. if there's this part of you like, ew, they might see that. Yeah. That holds us back from being really free with each other. And when we're talking about great sex, so much of that is just that freedom to be a little bit animal, a little bit wild and like unfettered by shame. Yeah. And when we carry shame about our pussies or our fluids or our asses or our cellulite or our fatness, like whatever it is, what is that holding you back from? Yeah. When I was thinking about that animal stuff, though, it is tough with like hygiene and gloves and stuff. Like, how do you make putting on gloves sexy? Mm. It 
doesn't have to be that sexy. Okay. I mean, it it's you're just taking care of your bodies, mm. you know, and it's sexy to care for one another and mm. do it right. And yeah. and that's okay. Like, it can be its own thing. We're like, just like putting on a condom is like, that. Is that the sexiest thing in the world? No, uh, it takes like, time. It takes people out of yeah, the moment. Like, it, I don't know. I'm trying. But to- it's important. It, but it's important. But it's and important. And you value yeah, that yeah. over. And you're like, hold on a minute. Like, I'll be back. You know, like, this is just going to take a second and I'll be back with you. Like, yeah. You lie there and breathe. And you just have to integrate it and, like, be responsible and mature about it. Yeah. And be like, we're just taking care of each other in a bigger way. And, and again, it's about context. If your only context for gloves is the OBGYN office. Right. Um, after enough pleasurable experiences, the snap of a glove can feel like foreplay. Yeah, it'd be nice. You know, and if your lover's <laughs> present with you and you're turned on and you see your lover reaching for a glove and you know what that means, you mm. know that they're there with you yeah. and you're just kind of, like, wiggling into the sheets, like, yes, this yeah. is coming. There is good pleasure. Yeah. yeah like pleasure is not fragile these moments shouldn't be fragile if we're really there with each right. other right it's not like that's gonna like snap you out of it and you're like no no i'm thinking about gloves fuck you yeah. i don't yeah. think you're sexy anymore and what's more distracting that moment or the whole time it's going on being like is this safe is Am this I okay get an infection? Is- yes definitely yeah, that distraction yes. is worse there's so much like uh, we have a lot of people being like how do you take yourself out of it mentally and i think mm-hmm. safety wise pregnancy wise st all of that like do all that precursor stuff to make sure that you can enjoy your life during the actual fun stuff. Yeah. Um, all right. So then I guess level one is be safe. Make sure you've got gloves. Make sure you've got lube. Um, they also have black nitrile gloves, which I would recommend um, if that feels that? like slightly sexier. I don't know what you're the, not going to oh, see the yes, poop yes, yes. on the on the white. Well, and just it, like oh. the black is like a little, you know, than the ones that you get in the store that are like purple. But those are mm-hmm. fine too. Yeah, you know, like if you want, if that's important to you to add a little more like sexiness to yeah. it. Yeah, but nitrile gloves is what we would recommend. Just, nitrile? Mm-hmm. Is that a fabric? Yeah. Or? Okay. Cool. What about if you're so your basic anal out. toolkit? So yeah. just come prepared with. A glove or a condom for your toy, mm-hmm. lube of your choice, silicone or water-based, and a washcloth or mm. a small hand towel. And I think that's one of the things we forget to bring to bed sometimes. Okay. So if you you know, pull your glove out and there is a little bit of like extra lube, you just wipe it off, you tuck it aside. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you're not wiping it on the sheets or on your body, right? Yeah. Bring a glass of water and a little snack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Prepare for the moment. Mm-hmm. And this is part of our massage background is like setting up sex as something we're doing intentionally. And then, you know, you get in the habit and you're ready for a hot fuck and you just like grab your toy box that has the washcloth yeah. and the lube. Um, yeah. So that's the basic anal toolkit is okay. some sort of protection, um, some sort of lube and something to wipe your hands off of. And the first time <laughs> that you guys experimented with anal, were you doing stuff to yourselves or to, uh, was somebody else doing it to you? Mm. Oh, I don't remember. It was so long ago. ABC. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All of it. I feel like I've done solo. I feel like it's good just to, yeah, just to add that into masturbation. And then definitely I love giving it and I love receiving it. So and then I think once I was in the practice of giving so much, I feel like it made me want to explore it more mm-hmm. deeply myself. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know I know men have a prostate, which is like an amazing little pleasure center. Do women have the same thing in our butts? So the corollary on women would be on the front wall of the vagina Yeah, um, is the female prostatic area. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, science is still out on this question. It's related to the squirting question. Okay. Um, but we all have prostatic tissue. Um, 
And so female ejaculation, again, flows out of the urethra. Mm -hmm. Um, When it comes to our sexual anatomy, we all have way more in common than we have different. Yeah. We tend to think of innies and outies and cocks and vaginas as so opposite when really they're the same tissue organized in different ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for men, when you're going in through the ass, again, it's all the external anal sphincter, all the pleasure there. And then when you reach inside, the prostate is fun to play with. But what you're also playing with is the entire internal root of the penis. So up to two-thirds of the length of the penis is inside the body. Uh-huh. Just and like the clit, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. And so when you're going inside and playing with the perineum, men feel their cock inside and feel the full length of it and Whoa. the erection and the pleasure flowing out from like Wait, deep. which is the perineum? The perineum is the area between the genitals and the ass, right? So that... The grundle. The taint. The taint. Yes. Taint the front, taint the back. Yes. Okay. And then the prostate, does that feel like anything? Is it a little ball? What is yeah, it? Yeah. So if you have two fingers in a boy's butt and you're reaching towards their cock, uh-huh. um, for some men with some fingers, like it can be deeper than you can feel. But for most men, you'll feel like a walnut shaped. It's a gland. Ah. Right? Um, and so you'll feel like kind of a walnut shaped, spongy, bumpy area with a slightly different texture than the rest of the oh. wall. And you can start playing with that and massaging that. While again, being aware of you're really touching the inside of the penis and stroking them, hopefully from the outside and the inside at the same time. Whoa, this guy's having the best time of his life. (laughs) And most men here will report if they get into anal play, if they can really relax into internal anal stimulation and have the best orgasms they've had. Like this is a consistent reporting. Yeah. And part of that, again, is healing that anal shame, coming into their full sexual system, realizing their cock is much bigger than they ever thought, um, being receptive. And also when guys get fucked in the ass, they become better lovers because they know what it feels like to be penetrated. It totally changes the way men fuck. Um, I think women should push this as an agenda just so they get fucked better. Mm. Um, But meanwhile, you have this whole other experience to play with. You can play with the power roles or the gender roles there. Like women being in charge and wearing a strap on can feel really empowering for them. Um, So there's all different ways to play with this. Or again, it can be a blowjob with one finger on the external Mm -hmm. ass. Um, It's such a choose your own adventure. Yeah, I think it really is like an equalizer because like I was thinking about it when I first started having sex and boyfriends and stuff like my first boyfriend, I let him anal me. I mean, like we didn't have nice anal sex. He analed me and (laughs) (laughs) it sucked. And um, I I would I was like, okay, well, I guess this is something we do to be nice to them. And there was one poll I made on the Instagram that was like, if a guy wants to put a finger up your butt, should he be willing to put a finger up his butt? And some people were like, no. And I was like, see, I at least understood them wanting to be able to stick their dicks in. But if they just want to stick their fingers in, but not have it done to them, that's just unequal. Like that, what is that serving? If like you don't have sexual, uh, you don't have nerves in your finger that that's getting you off. What's getting you off is I the do. inequality. <laughs> do you? Oh, yeah. Tons of nerve endings in your fingers. But like you could have an orgasm by fingering someone's butt. Not an orgasm, but for me, it's like one of my deepest pleasures is Whoa. having my hands and other people. Okay, you aside, sure. though, I'm <laughs> saying somebody else who just wants to do it, like I think it's it's more of a power thing than an, oh, I think this would be a really nice feeling for you. It's like, okay, well, if you think it would be nice for me, then shouldn't you think it would be nice for you? 
This conversation will reveal so much about how men think about gender roles, about the domination of sex versus the pleasure of sex. Yeah. Have this conversation and feel out how this guy is responding. Because if he's like, ew, no, man, no way. That's fucking gay. Like, I would never do that. He's going to have that kind of static gender roles about a lot of things in life. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Like, it runs across the board. Yeah, a lot of guys, I've heard them say that they don't want to be pegged because literally, this was the quote, it would change the power dynamics of our relationship like they would no longer be on top anymore and that is just so well then that's very telling of the fact that you think you need to be on top and not on equal footing right i mean that said with the finger thing some people just aren't into butt stuff and that's totally okay you know yeah but i'm saying if they want to do it to you Mm-hmm. And you're but that like, can cool. be a neutral conversation, right? He can be like, well, I've tried it or I've done yeah. it a little oh, bit definitely. and it's really not for me. So, you know, cool. If it's a neutral conversation again, it's just preference. But if, if it's, it's like, super charged, I want to put my finger in your butt. Okay. I don't want that. Come on. And again, that's an agenda, right? Yeah. He has an agenda of something he wants to do to you. Mm-hmm. His primary concern is how can I give you the most pleasure? Right. How can I serve you? Right. Yeah. Um, how does that feel for you? Like if a guy approached you with that attitude and like, in your experience with the guys, would that feel really powerful for you to like be able to call the shots or does that feel intimidating? If like what do you want from like, a man energetically? If a guy was like, I want to be pegged? I guess I'm just asking like, what do you want from a man? Because I also feel like we have this dynamic now where a lot of women want men to be strong and dominant mm-hmm. and ready to mm-hmm. call the shots. A lot of men are terrified to do so. Yeah. Um, so maybe this is another episode, but I'd love to hear like, what attitude do you want to be approached with? Mm. Like, let me serve you? Or does yeah. that feel like, oh, no, that's giving like, me too much control? Let's have a good time mm-hmm. together. Let me serve you. Let you serve me. I love when the dynamics swap. You know, I don't want to be in a stagnant thing where someone's high up above and someone's low and whatever. Like, it should be like, okay, it's your turn. It's my turn. It's your turn. It's my turn. Let's do in the bedroom and in your daily relationships. You decided what movie we're seeing. All right, I'll decide it tomorrow. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, and that's how we play, you know. And I think yeah. we lose sight of the fact that sex is about play. Yeah. And when we play as kids, it's so much about this fluid dance of like, this is fun. Oh, let's not do this anymore. And like, we can move from one thing to the other really mm-hmm. easily. Um, and with joy and with sex, when we get so into scripts, we forget that it's really just like this open-ended, playful exchange. Yeah. And it can be dynamic. Um, but there's so much baggage we just have to strip away and away. And I have feelings for these guys who are so in their man box that they can't their man box their man vagina (laughs) (laughs) the man box is really constricting for a lot of guys and they're they're so fragile about performing masculinity for you and it's really Mm -hmm. for the women and this is we have so many intimate conversations with men and men are so generous and so want to like serve women yeah they think they have to do that by performing and they've kind of kind of got the wrong script in their hands Mm -hmm. um so that's a lot of what we do in our podcast is reframing these conversations and giving people different narratives how do you get them over that Mm. (laughs) we're all doing it together right yeah i guess so yeah yeah um, definitely it's a generational thing we're moving into a new sex culture all together rewriting the rules of what it means to be men and women how to fuck what fucking is for 
Um, and we're just a few years into this experiment, right? I yeah. think it's going pretty well, all things considered. Um, and the new narratives around, you know, Me Too and the reckoning that's happening there is going to accelerate this transformation. Mm-hmm. So the question really needs to be like, why are we having sex and what kind of sex do we want to be having? And is this making us feel like more energized and great about our lives or is mm-hmm. it feeling depleting? Um, we like to think of pleasure as fuel. So how do we like fuel our lives with this eroticism? Um, And that has to be unfettered by shame and guilt and fear. So it's just strip, and it's a process. It's constantly stripping these layers away. Well, that's an interesting thing to bring up too because I feel like a lot of sex, like when you see like American Pie or whatever, like those coming of age movies, it's like the sex that you're having is to impress your friends. Mm. You know, it's not to actually like experience, ooh, pleasure, fun, or, you know, or it's to feel more included to something when you were feeling left out a lot of people have written us when is it the right time to lose my virginity i like to think of it as a sexual debut Mm -hmm. (laughs) virginity is a social construct there's no such thing the hymen Mm -hmm. is a myth Mm -hmm. so what kind of sexual debut do you want to have yeah and that can be a season right a debut season a debut year yeah um I'm still losing virginities, right? Like we have so many different cherries to pick. Um, And again, these are these cultural stories that lock us into this thing. Like, is this the right person? Am I good or bad if I do it this way? Um, Shed all of that. And what does it mean to you in this moment to Mm -hmm. be sexual with this person? And so I know you can have anal orgasms, right? Well, all of the nerve endings are all connected. Like it's all a bundle it's yeah it's all connected so if TV you're stimulating <laughs> <laughs> so if you're stimulating in the back and some people are going to feel more sensation there are going to find it more pleasurable orgasmic mm-hmm. so it can feel like it originates in different places but it's also and like reverberates through yeah exactly okay. it's like if you're having doing anything with the anal area you ideally you're working with the clitoris or if you find that you like that there's something inside you you're working with all the vaginal tissues like you get so so the orgasms or deep pleasure can originate in any places but it's also always including all of it okay because i remember christina hutchinson on episode six last season said she had an anal orgasm and a lot of people that have been writing to us like oh i've had or i've squirted i've done this like what's next or whatever and i'm like have an anal orgasm but i'm giving that advice not knowing if that's really a thing well some sex educators some people love making these lists of different kinds of orgasms yeah an orgasm is not a genital event Um, it does not originate in any specific tissue and it's really important to know right and for different people with different disabilities it's very important to know um you can create orgasm through stimulating any part of the body Mm. including just your mind okay And we are all capable of all these different layers of orgasm and orgasmic release. Like an orgasm is a very specific physiological event. Yeah. And that's not the same as arousal, as pleasure, Mm -hmm. as um, the fun of fucking, right? So we get a little too focused on orgasm. Yeah. Um, And in terms of anal versus G-spot versus clitoral versus squirting, these are categories that are made up in order to explicate different possibilities, perhaps. Um, But there is no such thing as an anal orgasm, right? Ah. Because orgasms do not originate in any one place. So you can reach an orgasm through just stimulating the ass or the ass and the clitoris together or the ass, clitoris and G-spot together. 
or the ass and a nipple or the ass and a neck, right? Like mm-hmm. all these combinations are possible. Um, and we encourage you to explore them all, but to get hung up on like, I must reach an orgasm through this arena or, and it will be satisfying if it looks this way. And these hierarchies of orgasms, like a squirting yeah. orgasm is not more enlightened I know. or transformative or empowering mm-hmm. right. than a non-ejaculatory yeah. orgasm. Right. Meanwhile, all these men are trying to have non-ejaculatory orgasms to be more enlightened. These Is are that all a thing? Just, yeah. Oh, for oh sure, for interesting. Men. Orgasm and ejaculation are not the same yeah, event. Yeah, I feel like mm-hmm. everyone just kind of wants to tick off the notch that they're unable to do. And it's right. like, yeah, you can definitely seek out other stuff. But like, enjoy the arena that well, you're in. I think it's in, shifting you know? from performative sex to being a sexual being. And again, like, what does the ejaculatory orgasm mean for you? What does squirting mean for you? Is it like a certain liberation of your attitude? Is it being willing to be messy? Is it willing to be open and gushy? And yeah. um, often we need to focus on how we want to feel or like what is holding us back and what do we want to overcome? Like there are ways of setting erotic goals that are not performance-based. Um, but also this is just like how we talk about sex in this culture. is like the new orgasm you need to try. Yeah, And it's all aspirational and... I know we're all addicted to feeling lesser than and not worthy. Literally. Pleasure. We just really love pleasure to be the goal. Yes. And it's like explore new parts of your body, see what different pleasures you can experience, see if you can continue to deepen in what you can feel. Mm -hmm. Um, But if we can shift the goal from how we look and how we're performing to how we feel and how deeply we can feel and how much pleasure we can feel, it becomes more about us and our own experience instead of how we appear. And I think that's such an important transition that is like a lifetime of work because we live in this culture that is so focused on what we look like and who we're being. Um, but I think it's a worthy one to to focus on and prioritize. Yeah. The, one of the quotes is, pleasure is the measure from Emily Nagoski. Oh, yeah. We keep getting her mentioned. We need to get her on this podcast. Too. She has a new book coming out. Her new book Does coming she? out is about burnout and how kind of cultural burnout prevents us from self-care and being in pleasure. And yes, Emily Nagoski is a brilliant sex educator and writer um, who talks a lot about the science of sex. Yeah. Pleasure is the measure. Yeah. Um, that our listeners asked for about if you're exploring your ass yourself for the first time. What do you recommend? Fingers, toys, like how how should they go about it? Yeah, like is a butt plug a starter thing? Mm-hmm. I received a butt plug the other day and I stuck it right up there and then I walked to the bathroom mm. and then I pushed it out and I was like, <laughs> look at me. It wasn't... <laughs> So different people have different relationships with this. Some people like using their hands and touching themselves. Other people find it uncomfortable to touch their own genitals. Mm -hmm. So where are you at with that? Um, The legendary gay sex therapist Jack Moran used to really start with people in the shower, just like integrating it into soaping yourself. And like, can you just like slide a slopey hand over your butt and feel Mm. neutral about it? Like you're not self-stimulating. You're not trying to get aroused. Like just touch this area until it doesn't feel charged and scary. Yeah. Um, Some people like just putting a wide, broad object like um, a yoni egg or like something that's not going to just slip inside and just being able to like rock against it. Like just have like a feeling of firmness Mm -hmm. Um, and other people a little vibrator. Hold the but hole. without penetrating. But without penetrating. Yes. So yeah. a wide open palm, like I often scoop under, have my fingers under the sacrum, like under the backbone, and then have the heel of my hand resting like over the ass. And from there, you just like feel like you have the whole person in your hand yeah. mm. and you can rock them. You can like 
do circles and meanwhile like your mouth your other hand is free to play um so play with this like really integrate the ass into the whole pelvis like don't think of it as a whole think of it as an arena a zone um so different toys you know like a butt plug slipping right inside what that gives you is that sense of fullness yes which can make clitoral sensation feel different what it's not doing is activating all of the external anal mm-hmm. stimulation and adding to the um, arousal capacity that way. Um, so if you like just that feeling of a little fullness, mm-hmm. um, which a lot of guys like a butt plug and then fucking because it kind of rocks against their prostate, against the internal penis. Or a lot of oh. women like that if they feel like they, they wish that their partner's cock was a little bit bigger. Mm. Sometimes oh. some people really enjoy wearing a butt plug while it, like, they because it feels the fullness, fullness yeah. in your own body. So that's like a good little secret that's tip. A good tip. Oh. But the butt plug, you can also like use it in circles around your um, your your sphincters, yeah. Like while you're kind of touching the front of your body, if you're doing solo touch, yeah. Just and, that light. T- I mean, people mm-hmm. don't understand that that light touch. It like you literally don't have to put anything in. You could just yeah, exactly boop, like touch. The, it's nice. Yeah, yeah. Those are all those nerve endings. Yeah, on that, sphincter. that little bundle. It's precious. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I had a tantric massage last season, and one of the things that he did first was he kind of like chopped up my butt and and massaged it or whatever <laughs> um, to get blood flow yeah. to the area. So, would you recommend that that's something that couples do together? We are obsessed with massage. Okay, so. Yeah. Ideally, if you're having any, but I mean, for me, like practically, ideally, anytime you're having any kind of sex, you're getting a full body massage first Mm. and then focusing on the butt and then genital touch and or anal touch. Cool. Preferably both for me. But yes, massage is so incredible for allowing you to feel more sensation, to move from all of the head talk into feeling the sensations in your body because you're someone else is helping you bring your attention to your whole body. Yeah. I wish guys knew that. You got to teach them that. You have to invite them and ask them if they can massage you. Guys are really like guys want to serve women, and they want it gives them so much joy to bring women sexual pleasure, but they don't know how to do it, and we have to direct them Mm -hmm. kindly and with enthusiasm and with boundaries. But if if we can direct them to do what we most want, that will make them so happy. Yeah, because they want to serve. They they want to give us pleasure, and I sometimes think that tweak is really important. Yeah, they want to be good. Yeah. And we have to tell them how to do that. And I think, like, we've talked about this before, but, like, I always loved back tickles, always loved massage, Mm. whatever. I always felt that that was, like, a weird thing to ask for because it's not necessarily sex. You know, it's not like, oh, touch my nipples, touch my clit, whatever. It's like... I really just love a back tickle or like, you know, touch the or side of my boobs. Or if it's not with a partner, or... you feel weird like like they're going to think you're trying to be all romantic or suddenly, mm. you know, we're not dating. Why would I massage you? But like, mm. it's so not oh, like Oh, like that. a random Yeah, person? if you've only slept with someone a couple times, like they might well, think it's too romantic. And then there's yeah. full body warm up, right? So we love massage. We teach couples massage. Doing a really great, it can be 10 minutes, but a full body massage that allows you to relax and focus and then transition. Because a lot of us need transition from busy work to the erotic zone. So that's mm-hmm. great. But with a new partner, if it's not like a romantic candlelit massage, it can just be like, let's spend some time just touching our full bodies, rolling around, laughing. We just rush. We rush yeah. into sex. We rush to what we think is like the next part of the script. And again, you find out a lot about a partner if you interrupt that script 
mm-hmm. and kind of come out of the moment and see if they can meet you there or if they are they so focused on like it's this and then this and then this they're not going to be present with you so yeah just get definitely. rid of them and get on to the next guy um but full body touch for a lot of women is an essential part of the arousal process and men are happy to do it if they have the skills they have the tools and the invitation but a lot of women aren't that comfortable being touched right because to receive a full body massage you have to be like here i am yeah and a lot of women freak out yeah. in that moment and don't want to be seen don't want to be touched so are you worthy of being touched, right? So for some reason, it just starts there. Maybe it's just a foot massage um, or a back rub, yeah. you know, with a drape over your ass. Like where mm-hmm. can you be comfortable? Start from where you're comfortable and then you're going to slowly expand from there. We can't start at a place of panic and discomfort. Totally. Yeah. But yeah. I think massage too is just such a great way of getting you feeling into in your body and that your body is one unit. But I think your point about like, can you just ask, could you just touch like the, all of my back and touch like... Mm-hmm. Up my legs and down my legs and a little bit on my sides. Like it just helps me feel in the mood or helps yeah. me feel really relaxed or kind of framing it as an invitation that doesn't involve tons of skill, but just totally. like, can you just touch me all over? Yeah. You know, like, and yeah. we can practice these phrases like, you know what I would really like is yes. sushi. Yes. You know what I would really like is a back rub. So, how do we practice saying these phrases in non sexual contexts? What do you want? What would you like? What would feel good? Mm -hmm. Saying that out loud, seeing how your partner reacts, you know, can he get you sushi? (laughs) What I would really like tonight or what would feel really good to me is. um, What I'm super excited about would be. I want you. I want you to blank. (laughs) Yes. Right. Very few people don't like hearing I want you. So not framing it as a demand or like a prerequisite, but I want you to spend some time warming me up tonight. Yeah. It's a different invitation. Definitely. We have some funny questions. One of our listeners sent in, no offense if if you, I mean, it's funny to me, but (laughs) does it mess up your organs, anal sex? No. 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 Because of their organs aren't involved. Yeah. And there's an area of space. Yeah. And you can get fist deep. You can get elbow deep in a butt. I've been two elbows deep and two butts at a time. And the body returns to a natural state. The whole myth of gaping is when you're damaging the sphincters mm-hmm. from going too fast. Yes. And a lot of the pornification, what we see, and There's the fetishization a lot of, porn of it. Of pulling out people's assholes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Really? Kinda, yeah, that's scary. Yeah, it's a thing. This <laughs> gaping, rosebud. It's sometimes yeah. rosebudding. Um, there's a lot of porn that's about abusing the body and making that hot for people. I love porn. There's a lot of great ethical yeah. porn. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah, a definitely. lot of porn that's really about going to extremes at someone's expense. That's not what we're replicating, right? Right. That's that, someone's that's, fantasy. It's fantasy, but um, no, that's the thing yeah. about it's just for you that like you're pulling out. I don't know. Let's say somebody wants their asshole pulled out for them that's great but most of the time i think in those situations it's just is that ever a thing for them are people enjoying that i don't know some people can enjoy everything you don't get it pulled out yeah yeah i mean well yeah there's people that get into extremes for all the humiliation of it the degradation of it like people eroticize everything right um but when we're talking about for most people the fear there is it's a one-way hole yeah is it going to make me incontinent yeah am i going to Mm. leak like there's all these fears because that's what we've been told by a homophobic culture and a sexphobic culture again like knowing the anatomy um really getting into a good relationship will make this area healthier it reduces hemorrhoids Mm. you're getting these sphincters these muscles in the right tone okay Um, 
Um, so it's really about getting this area healthier, getting it more healthy blood flow. Prostate massage is recommended by doctors. Prostate massage is a medical procedure in a lot of countries. Um, this oh, really? is a healthy practice if it's done with respect, right? Like yeah. no, yeah. not pain, totally. not pushing through pain, not injuring one another yeah. for hotness. That's yeah. a really important part, just that. not pushing past pain. That If you're doing that, then your body will be fine and safe yeah. and there's no concerns. A lot of, I, we had somebody write in saying, should I push past? No, don't push past pain. No. That's not a thing. It's not like there's going to be pleasure on the other side of pain. There's pleasure on the other side of pleasure. Mm-hmm. Mounting pleasure. Um, so, you <laughs> know. The sentence there is, can you just pause right there, please? Yes. Can you just hold there? It's feeling really intense, but right there feels good. You know, like yeah. just making those requests like in that moment yeah. is how you exactly. stay on this side of of, ple- of pleasure and yeah. away from pain. One of our listeners wrote in, how do I get a guy to understand that I want to work up to it slowly and that he can't just stick it up there? Hmm. Talk to, tell him this isn't just for you. Mm-hmm. This is for, if you're really doing this for me too, you don't want me to be crying this whole time. You want me to be feeling good. And like, who's a better repeat customer, someone who had a good time. Right. And the thing for a lot of people to know is a bad experience can shut you down for months or years. Yeah. yeah one bad experience, one pushing past. And for guys to know that, like, I want this to be a thing we can share over time. Mm -hmm. It's got to be done really well. Let's get there. This is what it's going to look like. Paint the picture. Like, I'd love to be able to take all of you inside me. This is what it's going to take. I just love that term. Two elbows deep and two butts at a time. Sounds like a poem. (laughs) (laughs) Great experience. (laughs) You do have more. Yeah. Um, this woman said, I had surgery in the sphincter and I have hemorrhoids. I shouldn't try it, right? But I want to try. External relaxing anal massage is amazing for hemorrhoids, mm. right? Hemorrhoids mm-hmm. are blood vessels pushing through really tense muscles. Um, so all the better. But again, it's not going to necessarily be this hot, really erotic experience right away. It might be healing at first. It might be relaxing at first. Yeah. And again, start with it just for the intention of relaxation. Yeah. Relaxation. This is a really amazing area to relax our full body. Mm-hmm. Like, we live in a very tight assed culture. Yeah. And I check in, like if you are standing in line and you're really tense, notice how your butt feels. You will notice a tight assness. Whoa. And then you can start noticing when you feel like relaxed and safe, notice how your butt feels. Like, yeah. We carry so much tension <laughs> here. Um, so the practice alone of just relaxing your ass, relaxing your butt, um, Like when you're in lines and you're waiting and you're feeling like tense and stressed, just like take some deep breaths and like notice your sphincter relax. And you can be in this like relationship with your ass all through the world as like a barometer of your own stress and tension. Yeah, definitely. Um, Like tight ass is a thing because it's a thing. Because it's a thing. (laughs) And so it's really totally. It's great to like just be more connected to your body and notice what it's telling you. Yeah, definitely. Are there anal kegels? Like, I know that we can all do, like, I'm doing them right now, I guess. But, like, are there real things for strengthening? Because I, I remember when I first started learning about gay sex specifically, like, I was like, oh, guys are going to have anal leakage all the time. Like, Lay's potato chip bag leakage. You remember that? <laughs> or was it Lay's or what was the leakage chip? The fake fatty oil that they fake used fatty that oil gave everyone chip. the runs. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that's what I pictured. And I was like, oh, you can't get into gay. Like, people are going to have these gaping assholes, like... 
Um, they must be doing Kegels. Is there some type of maintenance that you need to do if you're doing regular anal play? No, most of us are too tight. And this applies for okay. you know, vaginal Kegels too. Most of us are too tight in the pelvis. We don't mm. need to be stronger. We need to be more relaxed. Okay. Um, so you don't need to do anything specific. What you need to learn how to do is relax. Right. You need how to learn how to have sensation there and then relax into that arousal, relax into that touch. Mm-hmm. Um, just keep focusing on that relaxing, the expansion, the opening and... The tightness will take care of itself. Our body is designed to do this. Yeah. We forget that. Our body is designed to do this. But I didn't think it was. Like, because you hear that it's designed to poop. Like, not yeah, but for your mouth, to go you in. vomit. So true. You eat. So true. You can still suck a dick. So true. I'm just going to leave it there. Our bodies, <laughs> our bodies we Mike fuck. Trump. We can have a baby out yeah. of them. We, ha- we are very multi-purpose people. Yeah. We do not need to be yeah. so limited. We, yeah, none yeah, of our yeah. orifices have one... Like we breathe out, we breathe in. Yeah. You know, like we, it's, it, this is just homophobia. Totally. It is, and, and like hygiene in a time when we didn't have running water. Yeah. There are very reasonable health concerns. But yeah. right now we do live in a time and a place, thank you, Lord, for, with running water. And mm-hmm. so we can have butt sex. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think we just really need to get over that one idea. It really is spread from shame. Totally. And, well, if you think, I'm sorry to take it there, but if you think of the size of a poop and the size of a dick, they're not that far apart. Definitely not. And right? pooping feels great and exactly. so does anal. And that nice empty feeling after a good poop, like our bodies are designed to feel yeah. pleasure in this area yeah. and to also be aware of this area. Um, the reason tight ass happens with stress is because when we're in survival mode, right? If you're running from a lion, you're not ready to shit. Like your mm-hmm. digestion tightens up, your pelvis tightens up and you run. Mm. Most of us are in that like fight or flight all the time. We're stressed out and our bodies you are You can't tense. run and shit at the same time. That's so weird. Right? Or you <laughs> evacuate, right? You like shit your pants and then run. Yeah. But like our survival and that feeling of safety is so tied into our digestion. And this is, I'm really obsessed with interoception right now, which is the art of paying attention to what's happening inside you. Okay. All the sensations, hunger, having to pee, all of the sensations inside you. Yeah. Because orgasmic capacity is so much about paying attention to the sensations inside your body. Mm -hmm. How is your body building the arousal? Yeah. You know, where is the breath moving it? And so when we pay attention to our ass, to our digestion, again, to the whole body, we're just like in better dialogue with it. Yeah. Yeah, this is a great time to be fucked. This is a terrible time to be fucked. And you know that and you can like be in alignment with that. So you're not damaging your body. You're not overriding your body's wisdom. Yeah. That takes a while to get there. We're all getting there. Yeah. And I think if like you're easing your way into like full anal, let's say like you've done the massage and you're doing, you know, little, you've gone past the first ring, you've gone past the second ring. Do you think if you're using a, a penis or a toy or something like that, is it beneficial to go in a little bit and then leave or do you mm. go a little and sit mm. like what what do you think is the best or is it just whatever mm-hmm. that body mm-hmm. says once that internal anal sphincter is open mm-hmm. and you're in that uh, and you have a lot of lube and the body is receptive the in and out fucking can feel great mm-hmm. some people like that better some people like staying inside and then other stimulation mm-hmm. um, so this is kind of a personal choice yeah but to get to that sliding in and out, like mm-hmm. both sphincters have to be coordinated and both relaxed and you have, you know, the opening. My favorite way is to stay still, the person penetrating, stay still, whether the cock, the toy, the finger and oh. say, you move on to me. Ooh, that's good. You know, ease on to yeah. me. Yeah. 
That way it's not like, wait, 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 stop. It's like, you're doing it. You're the one moving into place, into the control. Ooh, I love that. Right? Like, I'm going to hold still. Come to me when you're ready. Yeah, that's great. Oh, I love that. And I love that you're mentioning moving inside and then pausing because Mm -hmm. I think that's also really valuable as the body, like, especially at the beginning, is getting used to deeper and deeper sensation. Like, we don't have to, like, slam right in. No. We shouldn't just, like, move slowly in and, like, take another deep breath, feel what you're feeling, and then do I want to go a little bit more in? Yeah. Or do I want to move out again? And, like, it's it's such a wonderful thing to play with. And maybe this whole time there's a hand or a finger or a toy on the clitoris Mm -hmm. inside, right? Keep doing the other things that feel good so you're layering right so it's Mm -hmm. not just like focus completely on this it's like i mean you could even take it out for a second take a break start fingering start you know playing with nipples i don't think that there needs to be this like we we made it this far we have to push okay take it out Mm -hmm. you know like enjoy there's also i never realized like the first time i had full good anal um have i ever talked about this on the podcast no um i had an abortion and after an abortion you can't have vaginal sex for the first 24 hours, but I was feeling really horny. Like we had gone to the abortion together. It was this emotional process. We wanted to, you know, kind of like make love. Um, and we were kissing and, and I was like, we can't do vaginal or whatever. And I was like, but we can try the other one. <laughs> you know, we're going to try the other one. And, uh, there was just a lot of kissing and emotion and breathing and stuff. And it was like face forward. It, like, I didn't think you could have anal facing the other person obvious now but yeah yeah it's not the image we're sold yeah but i think your story shows like that was like the intimacy of the motion i bet it was like a slower pace yeah and it was about the connection and being together and not about being taken or being exactly it was hold a fuck yeah that was nowhere on the radar we want to show each other Mm -hmm. that we like each other Mm -hmm. and we want to have a good time Mm -hmm. not like I'm horny. It's 5 a.m. and I'm going to stick it in the other hole and say, oops. Right. Yeah. Different experience entirely. <laughs> and that can come. I don't want to paint this picture that it always has to be like lesbianic, reverend, worshipful sex, right? Like we can get <laughs> to like rough animal fucking yeah. with this like agency and communication in place. Yeah. Sometimes we just have to slow it down to practice and get comfortable and then we can kind of like Exa- be in that I, lusty. I keep trying to tell people I'm like just make people more comfortable and they'll do weirder shit with you. Mm. Yes. Like it can get <laughs> Great advice. way more fun. <laughs> um, this person said what's better vaginal or anal? Come on guys. Both at the Both. same time. No, But also it depends on your little body. Yep. You don't know. Try it out. Enjoy. Incorporate. Mm-hmm. Experiment. Experiment. Let your pleasure guide you. Um, for pegging, do you think, um, I mean, I know a lot of guys are afraid of it because of the homophobic tendencies that we have and um, the power dynamics, but were, would you ease a man in the same way you would ease a woman in? Mm-hmm. 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 Totally. Yeah, and it's homophobia, but it's also really important to name it's um, the man box. It's the sense of what kind of man would I be if I liked that? Right, right, right. And so many men already are aware of this, are masturbating this way, are fantasizing about it. And it's the shame of coming to their female partner and saying, like, I want to be vulnerable in this way. I want to open up in this way. And so depending on the guy's attitude, like there's a way of making it really masculine mm-hmm. and like pairing it with like a really hot blowjob, you know? Yeah. Um, and for other men, there's a way of making it like really like tender and safe and nourishing. So I think you have to like read your guy's energy. Yeah. 
And are they like edgy, excited about it? Or are they like a little scared and vulnerable about it? And like, where do you meet them? Definitely. Um, I mean, I think I've, I've approached it even mentally. Ooh, I got to peg that guy. Like I need to do pegging eventually or whatever. That's a notch for me. That's not thinking about the person. That's me being like, you know, just the same as a guy that wants to stick his fingers up my ass. Like, well, what would I be getting out of it if not just enjoying your discomfort? Or the, or the domination of it. Or the domination take of them. it. Right. Yeah, they're going to be mine. It, yeah. yeah. It's this whole hierarchy of yeah. Ooh, so penetration. Now I get to check my own self. That's great. That's, That's great to notice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, someone said, is anal needed to keep a sexual relationship fun? No, but novelty is, and if it's a, it's a, it's a way of expanding our sexual experience and having new experiences, having new debuts to play with, and creating different and more sensation that can make it richer over over time. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, this one said we should avoid laxatives and mainly use a water enema? Question mark. So the enema thing, just to address that, a lot of people have an idea of an enema being a full colonic, Mm -hmm. um, which happens usually in like a health spa. Um, To prepare at home, some people just like a quick water bulb enema. So it's like a little rubber bulb and you just splash water into the rectum and then immediately let it out. So you're just rinsing internally. You're not flushing your entire colon. Mm -hmm. Huge difference. Uh, So it's not a big bag of water. You're not putting cups and cups of water. It's like a little squeegee. It's about a half cup of a time, plain warm water water and you're just like putting it in letting it out until it runs clear and if you're worried about a little poop like when you see the water running clear you're good to go um so again this is all on like the how to prepare for anal page if you want to check out like a list but yes get over the idea that there's like a wall of poop waiting or that you have to like evacuate your entire system yes um does anyone else get constipated afterwards one of our listeners Mm. wants Could that be a stress thing maybe? I mean, it is an event on the system, right? And depending on how vigorous it gets, depending on how long it lasts, how much penetration, like it is an event and your system might respond. Again, like try taking a warm bath afterwards. Like if you notice a pattern, you can work with your body to deal with that. Like we would, how do you deal with period sex, right? Like you get to know what your body needs. Yeah. How do you work up to fisting? (laughs) One finger at a time. One finger at a time. <laughs> yeah, once the body is really um, relaxed, it will in like it, it invites you in. It'll swallow it. It does. <laughs> it kind of does, and it like kind of takes you in, and so you let the body the be the guide, and so it can be again painless and just a feeling of pressure, and it can be a really beautiful slow experience. Of course, it can be more intense, but mm-hmm. um, in the same way. Yeah. Is there ever blood? And if there is, what do you do? Yeah, so a little bit of blood could be like an internal hemorrhoid opening up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, what you don't want to do is rip the sphincters. And again, this is not even like talking about no pain, but also no discomfort. If you feel like you're going too fast, you can feel that pain. You then ease back. Um, it's when we push through the tissue, we're damaging it and little bits of blood can come. So if it's like a spot of blood, it's probably not a huge deal. Okay. If there is bleeding, you stop, you check in. Mm-hmm. And if you need to, you go to a doctor, yeah. right? Yeah. Do not be in sexual pain. You know, doctors hear everything. It's really hard to embarrass a doctor. And if you do, you're teaching them something, yeah. right? Like have enough self-worth to go to a doctor and be like, 
a mistake was made. We went too far. I need a little bit of help. Pelvic trained physical therapist. If you're having pain after birth or painful sex in general, like there's help out there and it's really important not to normalize painful sex of any kind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this person, I think I already know the answer, but do you have to stop eating like two hours prior? (laughs) No, but some people do prefer to like experiment with the body and take extra fiber like 24 hours before if they know they're going to be having this is like what a lot of gay men like figure out their timing and like what the package and when they'll poop and then when their Mm -hmm. date is and like you can experiment with that if you want to be if this wants to be like a bigger part of your erotic life or if it makes you feel more comfortable um on digestion right happens over a 24 hour period not a two hour period but two hours before if you eat a really heavy meal and you're having like a burger and fries and a milkshake like (laughs) you might not be in the mood for anything i mean i wouldn't want to do that for vaginal sex for having any like don't Mm -hmm. feed me and then stuff me up with stuff (laughs) (laughs) fuck first and then feed fuck first then feed yeah (laughs) or feed while fucking so that the digestion doesn't happen yet we can just like enjoy all of our senses (laughs) yeah (laughs) um this girl said I don't have any questions about anal because I love it. I couldn't have <laughs> vaginal clitoral orgasms, but I have had anal ones. So do we think she's actually having internal clitoral ones if anal ones don't actually exist? So when I say they don't exist, or if they get yeah. sensation from anal stimulation that builds to an orgasm yeah. and you want to call that an anal orgasm, great. Great. Okay. Right? But a lot of that sensation, as you said, is probably happening, the internal roots of the clitoris. You're probably touching and moving and sending blood through the whole pelvis. Mm-hmm. So where does that originate? Who cares? It's an orgasm. It's pleasure. It doesn't matter. Um, But when she says she can have this, if you know for yourself, there are people that love to be like grounded in that anal sensation, Mm -hmm. then layer everything else on top of it. Right. And if your partner's up, not up for fucking you, like you get a plug, you get a toy so you can build. Um, There are people that always want anal in some form, people that would never want anal. Again, it's like being neutral enough to know what your preference is. Totally. And it's not a reaction to culture. Yeah. 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 So I have one question um, that we get a lot. Also, we always say butt stuff has been all the rage since like 2015. It just blew up all over the internet. What did they call it? Tossing salad, like just everywhere. Eating ass. How to do it. There's no condom for your tongue. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah. So if you want to stimulate the area but don't want to actually eat ass, you can use a dental dam, mm. which is, or a condom cut up the side and just laid flat, or a glove cut up the side. So you can just like lay something over, even saran wrap and ah. lick the area. Okay. Because for a lot of people, the act is like hot because it's also transgressive and you have someone's face up in your ass and it's, you know, very primal yeah. um, and taboo. And so if it's just that energetics you like, um, if you really want a tongue like dipping in and out of your ass, You know, if you have cleaned out, if you have rinsed out, the risk is actually quite minimal. Mm -hmm. Parasites do happen and it's actually not that bad of a treatment. You know, I've hung out with a lot of gay men who have eaten a lot of ass. And yeah, parasites happen. It's not a huge, huge deal. Um, You will probably not catch a life-threatening disease this way. Um, But for a lot of people, it's more the psychological thing of like having your ass and your mouth anywhere near each other. Or yeah, like... Like, Ben loves to eat my ass or whatever. Mm. I don't know what he's getting out of it. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'll let it, and I'm like, I'll be here when you're ready. Um, I can't see myself, do, I would like to want it, if he really wanted it, 
he's not asked for it. But if he really, I'd like to be able to do it. But there's something, I mean, like with dudes, there's more hair and that doesn't seem tempting to me. Is that okay? Yeah, you can have your preferences. Okay. Right? And you can recreate that sensation with like a really lubed up finger swiping away and like your hot breath nearby. Mm. Right? Like if again the erotics are about the transgression and the intimacy of it, like having your face nearby might yeah. be hot enough and like blowing on it and spitting on it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Getting kind of nasty with it that way. Um you don't have to like full, fully dip your tongue. Yeah. <laughs> um, again, there's a little quick thing about lust and disgust. So the more aroused you are, the more um, you lose your disgust mechanism. Cool. So there are things we do when we're fully aroused and like in the heat of it that mm-hmm. thinking about when you're not aroused is disgusting. Mm. Right. And then like even thinking about kissing, if you're in a totally neutral place, it's kind of like, oh, yeah. um, but when you want it, you want it. <laughs> Thanks. You know? So there are things we do. <laughs> I mean, all sex is kind of weird. We're mashing up bodies, you know? So, but there are things we do when we're really in it that you don't have to think too much about when you're not in that moment. Like, don't judge yourself about what you want to do when you're really aroused and in it with someone. Yeah. Um, Let it be this kind of liminal space where you get a little weird and funky. Yeah. And then don't, like, think about that too much when you're cooking breakfast the next day. Sure. You know? You've already come and you're watching porn. You're like, oh, God, shut this now. I'm done. Is anal still safe with a non-symptomatic hemorrhoid? Yeah. And again, don't push past pain. Yeah. Um, Use extra lube if you have hemorrhoids. Um, Some hemorrhoids are very neutral and they're just like a nub of tissue. Some are like active and flaring and owie and don't want attention. Right. So and check with your doctor. Perfect. (laughs) Um, And then this final person said, please charge your phone because I guess that my phone was dead. (laughs) Great. Um, (laughs) They want to be able to talk to you. They want to be able to chat about more butt stuff. We actually asked this to all of our guests. Um, Do you guys remember your first orgasms? I started having orgasms very young. um, With the shower head was like really my first Mm. uh, tool. Um, So I remember the era, you know, being like six or seven and really discovering this as a place of safety and joy in an otherwise very chaotic world. Um, so I used orgasm as a refuge and especially with a detachable shower head. I was also five or six in the bath with the water coming down from the wow. bath. Um, I don't know that was an orgasm. I definitely feel like later in life, um, maybe like eight, mm-hmm. I uh, had my first feeling of like overwhelming sensation that mm. I was scared by and stopped because I felt like what was happening? Like, I don't know what this is. Um, and then I returned to it again a little bit later. And nice. Then, and then uh, there were, I used to just come home from school and have orgasms and dance every day after I came home from <laughs> orgasms school. Orgasms and dance. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love that. <laughs> I love that you both had water-based yes, orgasms totally. for the first one. Yeah. And then there was a um, hot tub experience for me with the jets a little bit later on while I was also still exploring Very the, nice. the, the, the cusp of orgasm. Very nice. But I also don't want to paint the picture that we're like two sex goddesses from being young, you know, like for me, it was a lot of abuse and violence that I had to work through and Mm -hmm. trauma. And then Charlotte actually came from a very like trauma free. She is kind of this like unfettered pleasure. Mm -hmm. Um, So we actually can approach sex from both of these perspectives. It's been really hard for me and very easy for her. Um, so we have a lot of compassion for it's wherever so nice people are to on there. have path. each other mm. as like the yin and the yang and mm. like, yeah, helping each other through. Oh, you guys are so cute <laughs> together. <laughs> um, 
Um, it's been a life. You guys, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for joining us here. Um, if you could please tell our listeners where they can find your podcast, where they can find you online so they can keep in touch. Mm-hmm. Our online home is pleasuremechanics.com and you will find our podcast there as well as our online courses. Um, we have couples massage. We also have lots of butt sex courses um, for both boys and girls and use the code how come spelled both ways nice. um, for 33% off any course um, and just be in touch with us. You know, there's so much anxiety behind these questions and I get that. And I just want to return you to the place of this is just a part of your sexual just system, a part of your body. And if you touch it with like respect and dignity and honor, it can just open up more sensation and more arousal for you. It doesn't have to be something you're scared of, especially if you approach it without an agenda, mm-hmm. you don't have to be like plowed. Yeah. You can just be touched totally with love. Yes. Pleasure is the objective always. It is just something new to explore in your body and to discover what you like and to practice asking for what you want and uh, asking for boundaries to be respected and explore, explore what your body is capable of. Nice. Uh, but know that there's always an infinite amount of pleasure that is possible yes. for all of us. And part of what we can take on in life is is pushing those boundaries and exploring and discovering more that we can feel yeah. and that is an awesome thing that we have the privilege of exploring yeah uh, we have to ask this at the end of every episode mm. and at the end of every sexual experience you have to ask it too Charlotte did you finish I did okay amazing did. amazing Chris did you finish <laughs> may it go on and on oh wonderful <laughs> Charlotte Casimir did you finish oh my gosh yes I did did you I did um, everybody thank you for coming <laughs> And we'll see you next time on How Come. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. Thank you. How come? How come? How come I can't achieve? How come I can't achieve? I'm rolling up my sleeves. I'm rolling up my sleeves. Oh, baby, I believe these guests can help. Because I can't do it by myself. I want to just...